All right, and welcome to a brand new episode, a live episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me this evening all the way over from the great state of Texas, Legal Man. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. If I was doing any better, I'd be you right now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's, a, that's not much of a goal. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, <clears throat> Legal Man, for those that don't know, and I can't imagine any of my followers not knowing who you are, uh, kind of give us your elevator pitch of who you are. Well, I guess the easiest thing is that I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. Um, I've done all sorts of different stuff, and I started a podcast uh, maybe a year and a half ago. I'd had a blog maybe eight, ten years ago, and I just – the system is really, really, really super screwed up, and people – don't seem to understand um, the way the legal system works. And so I try to explain it to them. Yeah. And that you do, I think you do a, a very good job of kind of dumbing it down for us lay people out there. <laughs> I, I've noticed that there's a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, let me tell you how, why this is BS. And then you just kind of go into it from there. And it's, it's always, so if, if you guys haven't heard of the quash, that's the, the name of his podcast and everything. It's uh it's definitely worth your time to go over there and uh, check out what he's doing. Cause he'll start pl playing a speech. And then the next thing you know, he's, he's like, okay, I got to stop. Cause I'm going to calm down, you know? <laughs> <type of thing. laughs> yeah. You tend to get upset. Uh, it's funny too. When I do those shows where I kind of pick apart one of these, I either pick apart sort of constitutional conservative jokers on radio, or I do the liberals like uh, Biden or somebody like that. You know, when I listen yeah. to this stuff myself, I, I just laughed. It, it's all so completely ridiculous. But when I start trying to do the show and I have to start explaining what I, and I start thinking about <laughs> how many lies they're telling, it's unbelievable. It's like literally every sentence will have just a, a huge number of lies. Yeah. And just, uh, I mean, this recent Biden thing, because uh, that was the last episode that I heard where you were kind of going through his little speech. And I don't even think you made it all the way through before you oh, kind of no. threw up your hands. It was like, I, I got to stop. <laughs> I did. You know, it was, I thought, I thought I had a pretty good chance because I, I looked at it, it as like 22 minutes long of Biden crap. And I thought, I, I mean, normally my show's only in the, like, you know, 20, 25 minutes kind of thing. But I run yeah. over when I do that stuff. And I thought, okay, I figured in like 40 minutes or so, I could probably get lot of it done i got like seven minutes into it and i was done after 40 minutes i was like man i just and i really i left out a ton of stuff i could have said about it because there's so many lies it's just oh, yeah. it's mind-bending honestly when i sit there and and start actually going through a show like that and i'm listening to what he says it's it's just every single thing he says has just got multi-parts of lies yeah, it's, and you didn't even have to get into like the introduction before you even started buttoning in. It was like we. You kept saying we. <laughs> right. over and over. It was I like who are you talking about? Every politician does that sort of crap about we and us and our and all this. It's like, dude, I don't include me in that because there's no <laughs> such thing as we. It's just a it's just a bunch of individuals in this country, and that's you know, that's one of the great ways all those political demagogue types do it. They talk about what we need to do and us and our policy and all these things. Um, that's just very inaccurate and incredibly uh, deceptive. Yeah, it's I, the the collective language with everything. I, I'll even kind of bust myself when I'm when I'm talking about. It's like, well, we ought to do this, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, I just did it. I just did it. I stepped in it. And, <laughs> 
And then someone's like, what are you thinking about over there? I was like, well, I just said the word we, and I have a real problem with the word we, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. I, uh, like five years ago, I started, I kind of basically got out of the entire kind of dating scene for a variety of reasons, just such a ridiculous situation. And, and, and I started, I took some time. I started going to something called ACA and CODA. And ACA is uh, Adult Children of Alcoholics. CODA is for codependent people. And CODA's got a horrible name. It just sounds so fantastically feminized, but it's yeah. not. It's completely neutral. But in ACA, but the, the only point of saying that is that, and no, my folks are not alcoholics, but they they treat they they make you very aware of the fact that you're not supposed to use the terms you and we when you when you share about your experience. And I'd never really even thought about that. And my God, I brought that into my practice and my life uh, because I started noticing it everywhere. My God, so many places where somebody really means I feel a certain way or this happened to me or I don't like when it happens. Say, and you know, it's you know how unhappy it makes you and you know you don't like it when it happens. Like, yeah, dude, you mean I don't <laughs> and it makes me unhappy. I got you. Yeah. And then we, we even get that with the, uh, the white house press secretary. She goes, well, that's unfair. I was like, unfair. Who's, who's making this determination? Who yep. are you? Are, are you right. doing this? Is there a arbitrary panel of judges somewhere? Yeah. It's just arbitrary nonsense. You know, they love Barnum statements and best I can tell a lot of people weren't aware of a Barnum statement prior to the time I kind of brought it up uh, maybe a little more than a year ago. And, and once you see them, you see them everywhere in a Barnum statement for anyone who doesn't happen to know is it's a statement. It sounds like it means something really specific. But in mm-hmm. fact, it doesn't mean anything specific at all except to each individual person. And nobody could ever agree on what it means, but everybody triggers on it like unfair, like uh, yeah. hate speech. Uh, like, oh, okay, I got, yeah. And everyone has in their own mind what that means, but nobody agrees. And therefore, it really doesn't have any meaning at all. And Barnum sp- statements are just absolutely everywhere. Once you start noticing them, they're, wow, they're just so everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I was unfamiliar with the uh, with the term Barnum statement until you came along into my life and turned everything upside down and backwards. Uh, <laughs> and now, I, now I see them everywhere. It's like before, I was like, "Oh, this is just you know slick car salesman crap," because that's right. what I called it. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, everyone's kind of. I mean, anybody who's who's on our side with kind of the you know red black cyanide pill, whatever level you're at, they all see right. these kinds of things. This kind of well, hold it. That's that's a bunch of bullshit. You can't really put your finger on why it is. And once you understand that that Barnum statement, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Demagogues use it all the time. And uh, because it's incredibly effective, it's, it's super, super effective. Yeah. And um, you, you can probably balance that in with uh, neuro linguistic programming, you know, the way that people speak and they have like these weird pauses to their voice right. and all that kind of stuff. And and you start seeing the the Barnum statements or the Fenords. I think there was a, a science fiction book a long time ago about that. And um, once you've noticed them, you can't stop seeing them everywhere. Right. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're absolutely yeah, everywhere. I mean, it's it's no different than things like the Overton window and all these other things. Once you start to understand uh, the way that almost all of the systems are implemented, uh, you can see that it's not that it's so complex. It's just that it's so pervasive. It's so embedded yeah. into everything. It's so insidious that it's like a fish trying to understand that he's in water. Uh, at some time, some fish figure out that they're in water and they may try to tell another fish they don't see it. But 
once you see you're in water, you realize, my God, I can't get out of the water. It's stinking everywhere. Yeah. And, and we could start inserting all the quotes from the, the original Matrix from 1999. You know, it's like you're, you're in a prison for your mind. Right. You can't see the prison. You can't touch it. You can't taste it, smell it. It's there for your mind. And you've always been in it. That's the thing that's so difficult. So many people I see on on the uh, sort of internet, social media, you hear people discussing it that act like they're aware. So many people want to trace the so-called beginning of the problem back to sometime around the time they were younger. Yeah. Um, that's when it always started. It's like, dude, it, <laughs> it started so, so much before that. Yeah. But it's just difficult for people to see. I mean, it's an endless amount of people who still blame Obama um, and, and, and or Clinton. And it's like, dude, yeah, that's ridiculous. And, right. and on the left, they'll, they they'll blame, yeah, they'll, they'll blame the original Bush or Reagan for stuff. And you're there like, you go. It's there like, don't, go. don't do that. Right. <laughs> it goes yeah. back much further. Right. It's so silly. Uh, but it's, it's just a very, what's the old saying that everybody believes history started when they were born. And that's, yeah. that's really not too far off, you know? Yeah, it's like when I see the the boomers and they've got the Norman Rockwell paintings up in their in their houses in their office, and you know, it's like you was born when this painting came out. I mean, that America never existed, really. Right. And yeah. of course, the images are just that; they're just images, all one hundred percent just generated propaganda. The the idea that that stuff ever was a reality is not true. There's, and all you can do is look back and see the kinds of people who were writing back then. If you just read someone like Mencken or Albert J. Nock or something, those guys were writing a hundred years ago and more. And they yeah. were talking about how damn stupid the people were and brainwashed they were at that point. So we're just orders of magnitude beyond that. And so yeah. it, it's, if you, if you get any kind of perspective, you realize this is, this has been a very long con, a very long con. They yeah. play a very long con. And that's why I'm always hesitant when people want to talk about how, oh, you know, be X, Y, and Z is going to happen in six months or three months or a year. <laughs> like, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Good old Q. <laughs> yeah. They're never going to take any chances with a system working like this to try to do anything that will disturb what they've been working on for so, so long. They're, it's a sure deal unless they screw it up. It's like it's like if a chick says yes to you and you go out on a date, she she's ready to sleep with you. You have to fuck that up. It's not <laughs> like you have to close it. You have to screw it up. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said yes. It's the same right. thing with these, these scammers who are running everything. They know. They know that the system is working. They've got everyone brainwashed. They've got control of everything. All they have to do is keep the thing moving along. They're not going to do some sudden thing that's going to disturb everyone and wake a bunch of people who will never wake unless they do something really absurd. So that's not going to happen like that. Yeah. And we even saw that with the Facebook going down the other day as <laughs> we started off was like, okay, well, you know, 1.5 billion accounts ended up on a hacker forum right. and they're for sale right now. And then the latest thing that I saw this morning, and I, I guess I must've missed that part yesterday was like the military has stormed Facebook headquarters and they're now taking hard drives. So I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, and people will believe it. I mean, this the oh, thing yeah. is so incredible. Like, you can literally apparently put out, any kind of story and a significant portion of people will believe it, uh, no matter how preposterous. I saw they were floating this thing around. A lot of people were taking seriously. God knows how much time, energy was spent analyzing this idea that Facebook wasn't just down. It was gone. 
it was deleted and it yeah. had all these supposed, you know, computer explanations. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea what's going on in there, but you think that the thing has a glitch and goes down and it's gone. And that's, what's going to happen. It's like, that's fantasy. That's just silly fantasy. Yeah. It's at one point I was like, okay, well, let me test this. I can do a who is and, you know, run the DNS and everything on there myself. And of course it, you know, it would go and it would ping and it would time out. And I was like, okay, well, they just took their server offline while they're trying to figure out whatever it was that caused it to go down. And I personally, I wouldn't put it past them to try and start deleting stuff after they had a whistleblower come out the night before. So I've seen, I've seen multiple tweets and nobody can ever know if any of this crap you see on the internet's true, but a lot of the stuff seemed pretty legit that there seemed to be an awful lot of coincidental policy changes now being issued uh, to Facebook and right. Like, oh, okay. I see. So that, oh, they're going to crack down on security or this or that, a policy, this, or po- oh, okay. Just a typical problem, reaction, solution, nonsense. They always wheel out. Yeah. And, and we even joke about that on Twitter. If it starts glitching and bugging us, we start looking at our follower account, just uh, drop. <laughs> and we're like, I was like, Oh, they're purging. That's what they're I doing. lose followers like that all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll log on in the morning. I'll have, you know, a hundred or 200 additional kind of followers thing. And then um, by the end of the day, I'll have fewer. And it's like, dude, if you, if you're expecting me to believe that people are, are unfollowing me all day long, as I can see that there's people following me all it's just laughable. And right. you know, how many of the people that are even shown as so-called followers that I have, how many are real? I, who can know? I mean, if yeah. you drained the swamp of all Twitter, if you just drained it out and all you had left was actual people sitting behind an actual computer or a phone, <laughs> it'd be so few. I mean, the yeah. vast majority are just bots and paid participants. Uh, I mean, just the vast, vast majority of people. Yeah, I'm there's, about people there's not many weirdos out there like us. That'll, yeah, that'll stay I, on there, I'm saying that the people yeah. who participate, you know, you get mostly you get lurkers and people who just view. I mean, they're all voyeurs. What are they? Every time you do any kind of study, they show it's like 95% of the people are never going to participate. They're never going to participate at all. And so they're just going to watch and that they, they will never involve themselves. And if you, I'm talking about like people who comment, I, I always get a kick if, if I post something and some stupid ass troll pops along, I, I can tell her counts or jokes immediately. Yeah. And, and I, I block them. And of course, <laughs> almost immediately, so many of the times, one of their alternate accounts pops up with another totally fake, obvious bullshit to come defend them and just say the same kind of fakeness with small followers and a Twitter description that is absolutely totally inconsistent with what they tweet. It's yeah. just always so silly. Always, every single time, supporting the official narrative. Every yes. single time, it's the same, same giveaway. Yeah, I, I saw a really good one today. This uh, a white woman from uh, Massachusetts had a uh, BLM resist cake for her birthday. And, <laughs> and it was like all of the comments underneath. Now, what I do with people like that in their comments, I'll sign out of Twitter so I can get an un- uninterrupted feed. So I'm not seeing all my friends dunking on her. And of course, all of them down there is like, how are you resisting? You are part of Boston University. <laughs> You're part of the machine. What are you resisting against? <laughs> Uh, that reminds me of that. I think it was a Geico ad like 10 years ago. And it said, you know, fighting the man or something. He goes, but you are the man. Yeah. You, you are the man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when we're talking about the establishment, dude, we're talking about you. You're, you're the man. You're right. it. 
It's yeah. so silly. Oh, it's so fake. It's all so blatant and obvious. It's just, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. You would think, you would think that uh, they would be self-aware enough to say, you know what, I'm in this highly paid position and I have tenure at this university. Maybe I'm the problem? No, no, it can't be. <laughs> I, it can't be me, obviously. Yeah, ever. Yeah, so when I saw the uh, the military had entered Facebook uh, headquarters and everything, I was like, try, I was trying to get that one down. I was like, I was like, where did this one come from? And I couldn't, really? yeah, I couldn't really find out where it was coming from. And then someone said, oh yeah, it was it was on a forum. I was like, okay, let me go into four chan or eight chan and check it out. And sure enough, slash poll had done something like that. And I was like, oh man, Q is back. <laughs> wow, hundreds of thousands of sealed indictments. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Sure, yeah, sure. Your, your breakdown for that one was great. And it was like, where's the staff that's writing all of these indictments? Right. I mean, they have no clue what it would take to get a single indictment. How many like cars would have to pull up to some parking lot somewhere just hour after hour and long waiting lines and how many lawyers would be involved? And you're telling me there's no leaks at all through any of this? And this is supposedly yeah, right. the way we're going to take the state down. It's like, this is... Yeah, you get more than three underpaid staffers on anything, and there's leaks all over the place. Right. I remember when, I, when they first started up, I was like, come on, guys. And I started trying to run the math numbers for them. Like, how many indictments do you think they're putting out each day? How many lawyers do you think it would take? One every 10 minutes or something? You're just running them through. It does, it's totally impossible, but nothing gets through to people. See, they just, it's, all, it's all a fantasy land for them. They just yeah. they can't give that up. Now, and I understand the uh, the great problem with hope. You see, I was alive during the 90s, and I got to listen to all of this. You know, Gacera, Nacera, there's patriots that work in the in the White House, and they're 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 instigating, uh, you know, George Washington's uh, secret uh, agency that he set up before he uh, left office. I was like, guys, this there's no silver bullet here. Right. They had and anonymous any like 10 years ago or something. They were going to make all these threats. Oh, you got to do this and release that. And, uh, nothing ever happened. And, and, and what happened to anonymous? What are yeah. all the threats? Nothing. Nothing happened Not around. to any of the stuff. It, it never happens. Ever. It's so ridiculous. It's how many decade after decade after decade after decade of the same old crap, the same promises, the same screaming on the radio about unconstitutional and nothing yeah, ever not happens. Happen. Yeah. Nothing ever happens. Yeah, and even with the uh, the Project Veritas stuff that came out, uh, what was it, yesterday with the Pfizer uh, scientist and everything, right. and I was like, wait, do you guys think something's going to happen with this? Right. I mean, it got one Pfizer scientist to delete his LinkedIn account. That was, that was all it did. Right. I mean, how many of those bombshell sort of reports have we seen from them? And it's every single time this thing, oh, this is it. They're going down. We got the blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's the same stupid crap that Judicial Watch does over and over. They're going to do a subpoena and file a case and get the FOIA request and they're demanding the documents and blah, blah. And you get the document, what happens? It's not a problem of insufficient evidence. That's right. not the problem. We have plenty of evidence. The problem is there's nowhere to take it. There's no one to enforce it against them. It's a scam. There's nothing you can do with it. I get people all the time, we should do citizen's arrest. I always tell people, okay, who's going to try them? Yeah. Where are you going to take them and try them? I don't, I don't get it. What's going to happen? It, it, there's, nothing is going to happen. Oh, you're going to get the Nuremberg trials. Are gonna, you think they're going to allow you to convene some trial with citizens none of that's that's never ever 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 yeah. ever gonna happen 
Yeah, and it that was so goofy. I mean, you wouldn't even see that in a uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington type movie. Right, it's, it's not going to. Yeah, right. You just you just turn the movie off. It's like that's bullshit. There's no yeah. way that's true. I was like, maybe you can catch it in science fiction, but even then, you're kind of like, well, this doesn't pass the, my smell test. My suspension of disbelief is now gone. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm supposed to believe that the the Galactic Empire is going to hire a Galactic Empire judge to to rule on a case. Fairly, right. no. How does it work that the government makes sure that the government doesn't overstep the government's bounds? That that is, see, yeah. that's, that's the part that people tell me how brilliant the system is. And when I ask them, how can that be the greatest system ever devised to produce so-called liberty? Uh, I just get blank stares and and or they just start regurgitating and uh, you know that the constitution the founders and the you don't understand it and yeah. blah 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 it's like whatever dude you know <laughs> i used to live in that headspace that's just fantasy yeah. well as he said i mean you've been practicing law for 30 years i mean right. you've pretty much seen it and done it at that point i used to be a huge constitutional conservative myself yeah. i i mean i was all gung ho libertarian constitutional conservative i would listen to those jokers on the radio i would go yeah yeah you get them absolutely and and, and then <laughs> i started figuring out hold it this does, shit doesn't work it got completely ripped and burned in the in these <laughs> courts over and over again i was like well hold it none of this works and then once i i discovered spooner you know 20 years ago um, then the pieces all just came together instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that you can read, uh, the constitution of no authority and then view the constitution the same way afterwards. Impossible. I don't even think yeah. you have to get through the whole thing. I really think if you get through a first, maybe 10 pages, it's like, uh Oh, we got a serious problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, and a really serious problem. Now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love Spooner for just like laying it out, just, just making the case right there. And it's like, look, this thing happened. And now, uh, you know, there was a contract that was signed by a bunch of people, which, you know, kind of died with them when they all died. So why are we being held for a contract that I didn't sign? And <laughs> Right. And I, that, you know, I make a lot of shows in, that come at consent in a lot of different ways because it's an area that's just totally left out of the public dialogue. That is the main reason that constitutional conservatives are so dead wrong and is that yeah. there is no actual consent to any of this and that, if you don't have consent, which is what the government supposedly distinguishes itself from these so-called dictatorships, if you don't have consent, then you have as bad a government as any other government, maybe worse, because it pretends to have consent. And once yeah. you can see that very simple thing that will hold it, how do you consent to this? You ask all voting and taxes, like, dude, that, that doesn't cut it. You, that None of those work. But- you just show them that, and then the other one besides consent that is so clear, the big problem, and it's not even something Spooner ever goes into because he doesn't need to, because he writes for different reasons on very specific topics, and he's fantastic. He is the man. I would never say he's not the man, but yeah. one of the most important additional distinctions that I like to make for people is that you can't get agreement about what the Constitution says. It's totally impossible to have a contract. Nobody could have ever agreed to that document or what's in there because the terms are vague. They're vague. They're yeah, very vague. Vagueness. It's, there's an indefiniteness to say that they can't do this, the interstate commerce clause, name anything you want in there. 
Look at the range of interpretation. Even on the court with just nine jokers, they'll interpret it nine different ways with a partially concurring and a partially dissenting and all this made up shit. Dude, you have to agree to the terms. And every term in that deal right there, every single term is material. If, a, if yeah. there's a term in there that fails because it's, then it, that whole thing fails because you can't have a failure of agreement uh, of material terms. That's called a failure to have a meeting of the minds. And you don't have a contract. If you and I are both thinking different things about what interstate yeah. commerce means, um, there is no way to reach agreement. Even if you said yes and I say yes, that's a mistake of fact, which also nullifies the agreement because you said yes to one thing. I said yes to another thing. It wasn't that we didn't intend to reach agreement. It's that we didn't reach agreement because we yeah. don't agree about what it means. And that's the that's a huge problem with the Constitution. And it's it's just every single time you see some kind of constitutional horseshit in radio or TV or media of any sort, you get people running around saying that's unconstitutional. Well, you have another whole side saying it is constitutional. That right there shows yeah. you there can't possibly be agreement. There is no consent because the or there's no arbiter set up to do that that can then retroactively get the consent. What they're basically saying is we don't know what this contract means. We would have to agree that we are signing a contract without terms that's open to being interpreted and the terms will be set in the future by a star chamber of people who we don't know. And that contract, right. contract wouldn't even be enforceable. Again, void for public policy reasons, if nothing else. It's so stupid. Yeah. Imagine if you went to your local car dealership and that was the deal that they were putting on the table. You would never, <laughs> you would never sign something like that. Well, it was you like, know, you could actually, no. <laughs> you probably could actually sign it. And it's not even enforceable because it's, it's so ridiculous. There are no terms. I, I'm not even sure that I'm not sure that you'd be allowed to sign a contract where you simply said there are no terms, they can be whatever terms this other party agrees to uh, insert. You know, you might be non compass mentis if somebody said you actually signed an agreement like that, right. and therefore you don't have the capacity to even make such an agreement. It's just it, everything about it is absurd from a legal point of view. Totally yeah. absurd. Well, even common sense. I mean, it's like, well, you read all these things down and I can have an argument with nine different people about what the Second Amendment says, like the yeah. actual text in there. And right. they're going to say, well, no, that, that meant militias. And it was like, oh, the comma. Uh, oh, yeah. You got to look at yeah. the comma. It's like, dude, yeah. it has nothing to do with it. The, the Second <laughs> Amendment has nothing whatsoever to do with the people's right to bear arms. Nothing whatsoever. Um, even if you add in that militia crap, that all has everything to do with what they were giving to the feds versus the states with regards to militia. Absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with what the people themselves can own. That that The idea that the people who just fought a war against the greatest superpower of the time would somehow be giving away the power they have to arm themselves <coughs> and defend their home yeah. and own any kind of weapon they want is completely absurd. And that's not what the First of all, the Second Amendment, every Second Amendment argument, which I've tried to explain to people, is, is already a distraction because the very first thing you have to do is not look at the Second Amendment and what the Supreme Court said. Right. First thing you had to do is go look in the Constitution and see where the government has the authority, the affirmative authority to actually regulate the guns of the people. And there is nothing in there. And so you don't go to step two 
about looking at the Second Amendment, you, you, it fails at step one because the burdens on the federal government is supposed to be a limited government with express authority. And that's why right. the Second Amendment analysis is so totally screwed up because it basically presumes authority unless it's been restricted somehow by the Second Amendment. And that's the opposite. That's not that's the exact opposite of what it is. And the Supreme Court used to know that anybody can read that Cruikshank opinion from like 1876 or something. It's there clear as day. They make it clear that the federal government has no authority to make these regulations. And in that regulation, they were attempting to regulate the guns of people on behalf of the fact they were taking those guns and going down there and using them to hang black people and to kill black people. And so it was a very serious problem. And even under that most extreme fact situation anyone's ever going to be able to find, the court was clear as day and said there's absolutely no right. If you want protection, you got to look to the state. And, you know, yeah. the states themselves, they have that authority, you know, under our jigged up, ridiculous construct, you know. Yeah, I mean, even a couple of years ago when Virginia had that big uh, hullabaloo about Second Amendment and everything, I, I was making some people mad. I was like, well, is this in the uh, Virginia state constitution that they can do this? I was like, well, that's the fight you need to have. I was like, well, no, this is a Second Amendment issue. I was like, no, it's like the Fourth Amendment of the Virginia constitution. That's, right. the, that's the thing you need to argue about. And they just wanted to keep going with the Second Amendment thing. I was like, that's the incorporation trap. Don't fall for it. You know? Right. And, you know, that, that's so silly uh, the way they've they've allowed this, all these anti-gun sort of uh, restriction clubs and all the different NRA types of controlled opposition. They've already oh, given yeah. up the entire legitimacy of the argument. There's no decent argument left because they've already allowed all sorts of things with the regulation and certain kinds of firearms, of course, and not, you know, military weapons. And of course, you can't have automatic weapons. You got to be a firearms dealer, all this stupid craps. Like, dude, every single one of those things is a violation. Yeah, and it's all an infringement. down that road, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, once it once it all get uh, given up and just uh, it, you just kind of look at some of the previous generations, just like man, what were you guys thinking? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like, uh, and then uh, then we'll then we'll sit there and then we'll just get lost in arguments on it all day long on Twitter about you know what this says and what it means and you're like, guys, stop it. It's just you know. It's it's just rough. It's just rough for guys out there seeing the seeing the the Barnum statements and the Fenords everywhere and wow. trying to get other people to look at it. Oh yeah, very difficult. That's right. The one of the things I like to do and I find to be the most effective, and I use it as a lawyer as well. But certainly, when it comes to the making making these arguments, so called for people, I try to use the official narrative. Let's just assume the facts, the official narrative. And I, and I try to show people that even taking all the facts they have said in their official narrative, show them that using those facts, that, that what they're saying makes no sense, is not consistent and cannot be enforced, yeah. as opposed to requiring people to go look stuff up. And that's, that's not going to happen, dude. They're not going to go look stuff up. You a winning argument, the, the, the best evidence every single time is logic. Logic yeah. is always the best evidence because if you can use their facts and then logic to destroy them, they, they have nothing left. You've, you've given them, that's fine. We'll play on your field with your ball under your rules. That's fine. Whatever. Oh, you still lose. See that that's, that's devastates them. And that's when the people normally just block me and, and act like, a yeah. fool. but I, of course I don't argue with people online. I haven't for years now, but um, <laughs> it, it, it is, for anybody who's thinking about the best ways to do it, I, that's why the kinds of examples I normally give in my show, I normally try to take whatever they're saying and then just show that, well, 
Okay, let's just assume that's all true. Put aside all the fact that it's all lies. Hey, your lies yeah. aren't even consistent, dude. Your lies don't even make any damn sense. And that's really, really difficult for them. Yeah, and we even see this uh, in our own personal lives, especially with this, you know, the nonsense, as I like to call it. Uh, it was like, well, we got to wear these things inside. I am like, no, no, we really don't. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's wearing T-shirt material around my face isn't going to stop anything. I, right. I, I, I've got charts right here that show that they don't work, you know, right. and people's like, well, I don't trust your charts. I was like, well, here's all the sources. It was like, I don't care. I don't trust them. I was like, all, all right. So there's no arguing out with using facts and logic totally impossible. that's why for me yeah. on the masks i always i always did the well what about when you go into the restaurant you got to wear it then you can take it off when you sit down yeah if you're eating and then you have to put it back on when you stand up i said well what about little people who are basically the same height as me sitting down why do yeah. they ever have to wear it at all since they're at the height that is supposedly the safe height uh right then they can just be standing right next to me but oh oh I can stand at the bar and I can eat food and drink without it all, but I can't stand five feet over there on a table. Right. That's that to me, those kinds of arguments, that's the kind of argument I, I always like, even though of course we all know the mask is no different than a cyclone fence to stop mosquitoes. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. but, but you have to get them past that. And you know, they got a joker like Tony Fauci. They believe so much in authority, this appeal to authority, this idea that the, the CDC oh, yes. said, the FDA said, or experts, or some kind of guy that has a PhD in maskology, that he knows somehow more than me about masks because he, he got a peer-reviewed article from other people who who all sit around and agree with each other that it's all, it's all it's, just, it's so idiotic. And so to me, again, I, I, I'd go back to the fact well, what's inside, outside? The air is all the same. Do you have some giant filtration system inside or outside? I don't understand. The outside right. air is what you're breathing inside. It's not. It just comes in through a, a vent. Your air conditioner sucks it in or your heater sucks it in or you open your window and it comes in. There's no difference between inside and outside. This concentration level, all these things are just made up. You can blow them apart a million different ways. And of course, we both know that Facts, they just don't matter. See, we just, we're, we, facts don't yeah. matter. Yeah, and uh, everyone then starts to, it's like, well, I feel like this is wrong. And I was like, I, I really don't care what you're feeling. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, so it feels wrong. Okay. All right, sure. Well, let's just go with that. It feels wrong. <laughs> feels bad, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't stand it. It's just, it drives me up the wall. It's, it, and uh, I want to say, might have been a Kafka book that I read. It was like hell is defined as a place without reason. <laughs> yeah, and this, this, this is what I feel like. It is. Yeah, it's really just like, all right, look, here's evidence and here's facts, and then they're like, no, no, that makes me feel feel wrong, and I and I, I reject it. I was like, yes, what? Yeah. Right. And I mean, and you'll see that in a trial too. You'll see, and of course, in a trial, the thing that's so interesting is that. Um, the, the the jurors themselves are free to give whatever weight they care to, to the evidence. And yeah. so you can have <clears throat> what is in effect direct evidence testimony right on point. That's really eh, basically not even contradicted. And the jurors free to simply just say, well, we didn't believe them. We just didn't yeah. believe them. So it's like, so it's built into the system um, that, you know, people they're everyone understands that people are going to make up their own minds about, whether or not they believe something, it's just that 
in the situation we have now, people aren't really allowed to have any consequence for what they believe. They, they can just push the consequence onto me because they want to believe that as opposed to, well, you're welcome to believe that. I've got no problem with that, but you're not welcome to take your belief and then enforce your belief on me. Right. Uh, where the problem is, you believe anything you want. You want to believe Tony Fauci. You want to have the guy over for dinner. You want to all wear masks. I, I don't care. But there's a, it's another step to say, because you believe, therefore, now yeah. you have a right to do this other thing and enforce it on me. That's just, there's no part of that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And with this whole, the nonsense, as I like to call it, it's, um, it's like, well, uh, my friend's uh, cousin, you know, they, they all had a, a problem with it. They were in the hospital. Yes. I was like, Oh, the, did they die in the hospital? No, they had a bad time there. I was like, <laughs> Oh, but they're fine now. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fine. But they were in the hospital. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were in the hospital for a few days. I mean, <laughs> It's just incredible how many people I, I heard over the last 18 months tell me stuff that prior to this, nobody would have ever bothered to tell me about somebody they knew tangentially who happens to have supposedly had some minor flu, uh, you know, three months ago. They got sick. for yeah. a few, okay. People get sick. For a few days all the time. The reason you don't know about it before this is because nobody talked about it. Right. I didn't, none of my friends would have told me, hey, dude, you know, last week I was feeling a little bit sick. Unless that came up organically, it's not going to come up. They're certainly yeah. not going to say, oh, well, you know, I, I know somebody and their wife actually was sick about two weeks ago. They're not going to tell me that. It, <laughs> it happens all the time, but no one's going to tell me that because I'd be like, uh, so? Well, I'm just saying. She yeah. got sick. Uh, okay, you. I hear you. It was bad. We had to have vitamins and everything. That? Am I yeah. supposed to bring my life to a halt now because somebody you know happened to get sick for a while? <laughs> it's just moronic. Yeah, and you and I, we both live in the South. We have neighborhood busybodies and folks up north and everywhere else. You guys don't know about the uh, the old lady busybody network. <laughs> Even they don't talk about this shit. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The uh, like the whatever they had those little. The congealed salad crew. Bring the congealed salad to the parties. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You you see it as soon as they remove it from the Jello mold, and it's got like green olives and hot dogs in it. You're like, what is this? It's a cool whip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to uh, Britt about that on a couple episodes ago. It was like, it's like, oh, I made a salad. I was like, this is cool whip and fruit. This is a dessert. This is not a salad. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, but we, we got to play nice at the potluck. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, we won't get invited back. Exactly. And yeah. God forbid if we're asked to bring uh, cups and plates, because that means we can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got somebody with that one to, uh, the other day. It was like, uh, yeah, we're going to ask you to bring cups and plates. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, that's great. And then somebody else started, you know, kind of smirking and chuckling a little bit. And it was like, what's so funny? It was like, that means you can't cook. That's <laughs> That's why you got to bring the cutlery or the drinks. <laughs> it's like one of the best Southern insults of all time right there. Oh, yeah. I, my folks are from the Deep South. I, I definitely grew up around people from the Deep South. Yeah, it's a fun time down here. Got to admit, you know, I was raised by a bunch of uh, Sicilian uh, monkeys. So, <laughs> Okay, there you go. I grew up mostly in the Northeast as a kid. I, I spent yeah. a lot of time in... Uh, on the kind of East Coast, Miami, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia kind of area. And then, uh, so I grew up with a lot of Yankees, but 
Yeah. I spent, I spent a lot of time in the Southeast and around uh, Georgia. So I, I'm very, very familiar with a lot of relatives there. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up around Sicilians, everything was loud. It's like regular conversation was at, you know, the level 10 and the hands were constantly right. moving and <laughs> Italians, tons of Italians yeah, where I grew up in Philadelphia, just huge numbers of Italians. Yeah. And we even get them down here in New Orleans because that was the other place they dropped them off. You know, it's like, okay, now you're going to go build canals. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so but that's probably a good place to uh, knock it off at. Uh, Legal Man, go ahead and drop us all your plugs. Uh, well, you can you can find me, Legal Man, uh, at, US, at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. That's an easy way to find me. Uh, my podcast is The Quash, and it's all over my Twitter. And, you, and it's on any and every kind of, you know, podcast delivery system. And that's probably the easiest ways to find me. I don't really do much of anything else. I'm not, I don't have any other kind of social media, but I'm there pretty often. And I enjoy interacting with people uh, on my Twitter. I really get a kick out of it, but I, but people who are jokers, I block them um, pretty quick. <laughs> I, I used to have kind of a no block policy for a long time and I just decided I'm not doing that anymore. And uh, I just, yeah, I ain't got no time for that. No. And if, you know, if I block yeah. someone by accident, which is really rare, I, I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I, cause it's very easy to have misunderstandings on social media. Cause you, you're not talking, you can't get tone of voice. Right. I don't know their account. Maybe they're sarcastic. Maybe they're kidding. Maybe I misunderstood it. Maybe they misunderstood mine, but I always, I always make sure I give them plenty of rope to hang themselves. And, and once they clear up all doubt, okay, now they've cleared up all doubt. And now yeah. we all know who everyone is and they can go on their way. Yeah. It's like, I see you now and you're gone. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was, uh, that'll do it, my friend. And uh, we'll go ahead and say bye to you right now. And I'll uh, catch you around the timeline. Okay. Oh, that was great. So much. I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. All right. You're welcome, man. See you around. All right, folks, and there he goes. And you won't have to go far. Um, I'm going to have all that stuff down below in the show notes. You guys can uh, catch him up on the quash and on his uh, timeline. You can't miss him because he's got a nice little kitty cat for an, for an avatar there. So, anyways, guys, that's going to do it for me this week. And uh, tomorrow night, I got uh, Carrie Salone coming in from We the Female. And uh, we'll probably talk about some guns and some other stuff going on there. So, anyways, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.